Now, I talked just a moment ago about how blessed we are with so many gifts in the congregation, uh, people being able to offer up their gifts. And uh, we're just going to hand over in a sec uh, to someone who's going to lead us in prayer. And I'm just really impressed by um, how this person has thought through the prayer this week. And may you be blessed as, as it is an opportunity. As I said before, we sang together. Now we can pray together. And I encourage you to really engage in this and um, yeah, really seek the Lord as we as a corporate body pray together. So I'm going to hand over to Adam, who's at home, who's going to lead us in prayer now. Good morning, church. Uh, with COVID-19 at the forefront of our minds right now, it feels hard to avoid it um, in the media. And I just wanted to steer away from what we're hearing generally in the media at the moment and just um, find out what's happening deep down in personally in some people's lives. Um, so I felt led to contact three friends from around the world and ask them for three prayer points for them uh, personally in their church and their community um, just to get a sense of what's really important um, in a few different countries. I told them that despite what's happening uh, right now, uh, I feel like we're all in this together. So I'd love for you to join me this morning and pray with me for some of these prayer points as I pray. Um, I think that's a really cool opportunity we have with you at home and everyone else in their homes. We can all pray together at the same time. So if you, join, if you want to join me, that'd be great. The first person I contacted was, was Mark. Um, he's in Sweden. He's the youth pastor at his church there. He was short and sweet. He just said, pray for the economy, um, pray for his job as youth pastor and for his health because he just feels exhausted all the time. So let's pray. God, we just ask that you be with the people of Sweden right now and give them hope. Uh, they're such creative and innovative people and we just ask that you help them to think of creative and innovative ways to stimulate new growth in their economy, um, help the unemployment rate which is increasing over there pretty rapidly right now and just be creative about ways that they can help those who um, are finding themselves um, in an unemployed situation at the moment. Thank you so much for Mark and that he is so gifted as a youth pastor and he's using those gifts at the moment. Um, we just thank you that you're bringing more and more young people into his church um, through his ministry. And we just ask that you bless that, that you'll help and guide and show him how to disciple those young people um, and the new people coming into church. We just ask that they will just develop an intimacy with you um, and get to know you through, through Mark and the leaders there. And we just uh, give Mark's health to you at this time. Um, just give him grace. Just give him grace for himself um, and ask that he can find that work-life balance that he needs right now. In Jesus' name. The second person I contacted was a guy by the name of Sean. He's in New Zealand. Um, he's a filmmaker over there. Uh, he's just had a new child, actually, and, and his mom hasn't met his son um, yeah, because of COVID-19. Uh, he said to pray uh, that this situation will bring people together, that the gospel will spread. Uh, people's lives will be transformed um, through this hardship and that he personally won't be ashamed to share the gospel uh, right now. Uh, he asked personally for prayer for his son 
uh, Judah that he will grow up healthy and be a man of God. And he wanted um, prayer that he would be able to continue to provide um, during this uncertain, tough time um, of employment. So let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the nation of New Zealand, um, such a beautiful nation and such humble people. We ask that you bring them together, that you you um, draw them close to you, um, that you draw them to you in such a powerful way right now. Uh, we ask that Sean's church will be able to reach out to their community, um, that they'll be able to think of creative and innovative ways to, to, to support people during this difficult time and and help them get to know you and develop a relationship with you. Um, give them heaps of courage and let them be bold in sharing the gospel uh, in their community at the moment. Thank you um, for Sean and his family, and we just ask that you bless his son Judah, um, that you draw Judah near to you and help Sean and Rochelle to continue to provide a nurturing home for him right now. Um, Lord God, we just ask that you give Sean real clear guidance um, and he'll be open to your guidance at the moment in this uncertain time. Um, thank you that you've provided for him and that you continue to provide for him and I just ask that he will just trust that um, as you always have, you will continue to give them um, all that they need in Jesus' name. The last person um, I spoke to was Mel. He's in Canada. His dad's actually the pastor of the church in a beautiful town called Fernie, which I had the privilege to go and work in the ski resort um, at one point in my life over there. Um, he said the community's um, seeing an increase in suicide at the moment due to social distancing. Um, and the church being online is pretty challenging right now. He said it's, it's not the same. Um, and personally for him, he just wants to be okay with where God has him in life at the moment and just feel content. So let's pray for Mel. God, we just ask that you just miraculously provide um, at the right time and the right place for those that are just feeling so lonely right now. Um, we just ask that the Fernie community can draw together, um, that they can see the needs of others, Help them just to stay connected because they are just such a beautiful connected community that draw, um, that welcome in uh, new people from all over the real world every season, every ski season. Us that they can they can draw on um, that real sense of community right now to support each other. Um, as spring appears, help them to see uh, new life in the, in this new season. And uh, we just give Mel's church to you right now that um, his dad and the leadership team will just um, be able to be really creative in connecting with people and keeping people connected and even perhaps drawing new people in um, as people look for hope and support in this time. Uh, help them to be excited about the opportunity of doing things in a new way. And we just ask that they can stay connected um, and that they will be able to get even more personal with you right now, God, in this time. Um, thanks for Mel. Thanks that he is um, an awesome man of God. And we just ask that he will know your grace in this time, that he will know that you love him deeply, God, and just help him to find 
um, that contentness that he's looking for and that peace um, that only you can provide and, and it's beyond our own understanding. And we just thank you for these three uh, mighty men of God in Jesus' name. You may feel someone on your heart as we've been praying. Um, I'll just encourage you to pray for them now or during the week or even someone might pop into your mind during the week. Um, it's a time when we need support, particularly prayer support. So I just encourage you to reach out and ask those people how you can pray for them during the week. Have a great week. Bless your church. Great to be with you all again this morning. And I want to say thank you to Sam for inviting me back to share part two of the sermon. I have given the title Rest. But before we go there, do you remember last week I quoted, I read a psalm leaning on the everlasting arms and I said, I'm sure David Potter will be singing this as I share it. Straight after the sermon, I got this video. Watch it now. Hi, David. Yes, I am here. And uh, that's a lovely song and a lovely Bible passage. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, Leaning, I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in life's pilgrim's way, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, Safe and secure from all alarms, resting, resting. I'm resting on the everlasting arms. Thank you, David. And uh, we're going to our text now at Matthew 11, verses 28 and 29. I think they're coming up on the screen. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So we looked at uh, step uh, number one, come to Jesus, which means accept him as our Lord and Saviour, enter into the rest of salvation, not religion but relationship. Step number two, yoke up with Jesus. Get onto the back seat of the tandem bike and enjoy the ride with Jesus. So today, step number three, coming up in a minute. But I just want to say, because we are saved by grace and not through works or rule keeping, it doesn't mean that anything goes. Romans 6, good advice. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. 2 Corinthians 5.9, you've heard this many times from me, we make it our goal to please him. And Colossians 3.17, 
whatever we do in word or deed, do us unto the Lord. So the next step that leads to rest, we've done come to me, yoke up with Jesus. Today we're going to learn from Jesus. So I'm wanting to look at four things that Jesus wants to teach us. The first one is attitude. The second one is altitude. The third one is anxiety. And the fourth one is arrangements. So we head to attitude. Attitude speaks about what we think. And what we think is very important. Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Have you heard this little quote? You're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. You're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. Jesus said, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So truth in our mind and our thinking sets us free. Lies in our mind and our thinking imprison us. Godly thinking, good thinking, produces peace and rest. Ungodly thinking, bad thinking, produces anxiety and stress. Another quote. Two men looked out from behind the same prison bars. One saw mud, the other saw stars. And so the way we look at things makes a big difference. Now the foundational truth that needs to be in our thinking, our foundational attitude, we are not God. Now I think that fact alone speaks rest for many of us. Psalm 103, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his people. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. That leads us on to Jesus' beautiful words. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for my sheep. No one can snatch them out of my hand. I know my sheep by name. I give them eternal life. How about that? He knows us by name. He's our shepherd, our good shepherd. He's gentle and humble of heart. He'll never leave or forsake us. Nothing can separate us from his love. Now, there's an Old Testament version uh, of this love and care. It's Psalm 121. I'll read it to you. It's actually the pilgrim's psalm. It's the traveler's song. And it was written so that the pilgrims making their way to Jerusalem and looking at the hills would sing together or individually and just feel safe. And I'm suggesting maybe we can sing this psalm as we head up to the Blackwood shops or down to Brighton, Jetty Road to have a coffee or down to Victor Harbour, Murray Bridge, Sydney or Jerusalem if you like. In other words, sing this song. Or just think of the words and God's love and care, the good shepherd's care for us wherever we go. Psalm 121, here we go. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is the shade, your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. 
He'll watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. I hope, I trust, with these thoughts in our minds, it will give us good reason to lean back, relax, and to rest. Now, just to, to speak of how important attitudes are, when Jesus spoke what is considered by many to be the most wonderful message ever spoken, the Sermon on the Mountain, you know how he started with that sermon? He spoke to us about our attitudes, attitudes that we, his sheep, should have. They're called the Beatitudes, the attitudes that bless, and that word blessed actually means happy, so the be happy attitudes. Here they are. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are the emotionally honest. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who desire truth. Blessed are the merciful and the forgiving. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers and the loving. I'll read them again. Blessed are the humble, the emotionally honest, those that are meek, those that desire truth, the merciful, the forgiving, those with purity of heart and the peacemakers and the loving. Now, I believe if we allow God's spirit to imprint these attitudes in our hearts and minds, we'll be blessed, we'll be happy, we'll be at peace with ourselves and in a place of rest in our soul. Second, A, attitude. Jesus will want to teach us how to be gentle and humble in heart. Free us from the celebrity syndrome, our drive to show the world how good we are. The challenge the world presents to us is complete. Fight to the end. We read in Genesis uh, that humankind were filled with their own importance and pride. And they decided, let's build a city for ourselves. Let's build a tower that reaches up to heaven so we can make a name for ourselves. You know, the tower was called the Tower of Babel. Now, God wasn't impressed. We need to learn not to be motivated by the same pride and say, I will make a name for myself. I will build my Tower of Babel up to heaven. Now, let me tell you this. It's hard work building a tower up to heaven. It's hard work if we want to make a name for ourselves, if we want to be a celebrity. In fact, it's my definition of religion. Mankind building a tower to heaven. Whereas Christianity is about relationship. God reaching his loving hand down to us here on earth. Jesus' example of humility. Come to Philippians 2, verses 5 to 9. These words are amazing. Your attitude, hear that? Attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with him. God, equality with God, sorry, something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. What amazing words we read about Jesus. Servant, humility, obedient, nothing. But then as we read on, 
Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name. You see, the truth is our attitude will determine our altitude. And you know, it's not an altitude through our grit and our guts, but by God's goodness and grace. Just listen to Peter's advice to us. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Humility and gentleness of heart is the way to live. It brings rest to the soul. Just one illustration of where I see this demonstrated. It's on the professional tennis circuit. But let me tell you, it's not the payers that are earning millions of dollars. In fact, they so often teach us exactly the wrong thing. You know who it is? It's the ball boys and the ball girls. Have you seen how they serve with such humility? They stand at attention behind the players. They kneel at the net. They run as fast as their little legs will carry them. They bring towels to the players and they do it with such humility and enthusiasm. I think that's a wonderful example of servanthood and humility. The lesson, no need to compete for our place under the S-U-N, but serve God with humility and relax in our salvation under the S-O-N. Serve God with humility wherever he leads us and whatever he loads us with. Be content to be a ball boy or a ball girl for Jesus. No need to build a Tower of Babel. No need to make a name for ourselves. Listen to what Micah tells us. Micah 6.8 He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I think those words can take the pressure off. Simply be who God wants us to be. Humble, helpful, and holy. What does holy mean? Set apart to God. Next we come to what Jesus taught us about anxiety. I think it's very liberating advice. He spoke these words a little further into the Sermon on the Mountain. He said, don't worry. I tell you, do not worry about your life. Who by worrying can add a single hour to his life? In fact, if we worry, we'll probably take many hours off. He said, God looks after the birds of the air. God clothes the flowers of the field. He loves the birds and the flowers, but he loves you even more. He loves you and will look after you. So Jesus said, don't worry. Seek first the kingdom of God. You know what the kingdom of God means? It means the rule of God. So we're to seek first the rule of God in our lives and these things, the things that we need in life, will be given to us. I love what we read in Philippians 4.6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything pray to God. David Potter, are you ready? Because I'm going to read a hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. 
Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So we don't need to be anxious. Pray. God loves us. He cares. He hears our prayers. We can rest in him and not worry. I like what Peter says again. He says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. And that cast means, you know, we, we, we can cast them, we can throw them, get rid of them. Good advice. But don't do what this church put up on a sign outside of their church building. It said, don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. Good intentions, but the wrong message. You know, we can crucify ourselves between two thieves, the regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow. Listen to Jesus' advice in Matthew 6.34, Message Translation. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. So be responsible, but don't worry. Look to and lean on God. Now here's me telling you not to worry. I'm really repeating what Jesus has told us. And when I was a young Christian uh, and just starting to face the responsibilities of life, I realized that my greatest gift was the gift of worrying. I went to my pastor, Pastor Leo Harris, who is the founder of the CRC movement, and talked to him about it. And he recommended a book to me. It was that one. How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie. It's full of good advice and good testimonies. I'm going to read one of them to you. I interviewed Henry Ford a few years prior to his death. Before I met him, I had expected him to show the strains of the long years he had spent building up and managing one of the world's greatest businesses. We're talking about the founder of the Ford Motor Company. So I was surprised to see how calm and well and peaceful he looked at 78. When I asked him if he ever worried, he replied, No, I believe God is managing affairs and that he doesn't need any advice or help from me. With God in charge, I believe that everything will work out for the best in the end. So what is there to worry about? I thank God that he's helped and is helping me to manage my worry. However, let me tell you, just about a month ago, I decided to have the tile roof of my house repainted, and uh, I started to worry, seriously worry. I was worrying about what paint would I use, would the weather be right, when would it happen, and I just started worrying. And I said to the man that I'd contracted to do the job, I said, I'm getting so worried about this job, I'm really wondering if I should do it. And he just looked straight in my face and said to me, David, don't worry for a moment longer, let me do the worrying. I just thought that was a great reply and word for me. And I believe it's a great word that I can hear Jesus saying to us all, don't worry, let me do the worrying. Let's just rest 
in the counsel and care of Jesus. My final A, arrangements. You like me, you get this plan of going on a lovely holiday. I'm thinking of an overseas holiday and uh, it becomes pretty stressful after deciding that you're going to go. Where to? How will you get there? What airplane? What about the train tickets in Europe? Car hire? Do you have an international driver's license? Accommodation, B&B or hotel? Travel insurance? Exchange of currency? What clothes? There's a thousand bits of pieces and it becomes so worrying and stressful. But isn't it a beautiful thing when all those things are in place and you can just rest and relax and look forward to the exciting holiday? Well, I want us to look ahead to life's journey into the future. How many birthdays to go? One less than you had this year. How can I face the certainty of death? Is there life after death? Do I have a ticket? Is my passport ready? Is there heaven and hell? Where am I booked into? Worrying questions to ask. Well, listen to Jesus' foundational words. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, he was talking to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Now let's build on those foundational words. We come to Jesus, make him our Saviour and Lord. No need to worry about the long-term future. Everything is arranged. Yes, death remains our enemy, but it loses its sting. Death becomes not a doorway into darkness, but a doorway into the light and love of God. We enter paradise, all expenses paid, a room with a view. And paradise is just a stopover until the resurrection when spirit and soul are reunited with a brand new body, we head with God the Father, Jesus our Saviour and the Holy Spirit to a new heaven and a new earth with even a better mansion in our name and it's going to have a great view. No need to worry or stress, but lay back and look forward to and rest and rejoice in God's amazing plan. Now I just want to put all I've said into perspective. The rest is real, but we still live in a fallen world and there's a devil that doesn't like us and wants to hurt us if he can. Yes, troubles, challenges, pain, sorrow may well come our way, but they don't need to steal our rest. And they won't as we rest secure in our salvation and lean on God's everlasting arms. In fact, our knowledge of our future rest in God and his unfolding plan can fill us with hope and happiness, rejoicing and rest, no matter what comes our way on the journey home. I want to just quote from Billy Graham's book, Approaching Hoofbeats. Let me say that again, Hoofbeats. Did I say it right? Doesn't matter. Here we go. The Christian faith brings its own blood, sweat and tears to those who would follow Jesus. Christ calls us to discipleship. When we come to him, 
He takes away one set of burdens, the burden of sin, the burden of guilt, the burden of separation from God, the burden of hopelessness. But he also calls upon us to take my yoke upon you and learn from me. It's not a yoke that is too heavy for us to bear, for Christ bears it with us. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Nevertheless, Christ calls us to follow him, regardless of the cost. He has never promised that our path will always be smooth. There is no life that is without its own set of burdens. I have chosen Christ not because he takes away my pain, but because he gives me strength to cope with that pain and in the long range to realise victory over it. The worst can happen, but the best remains. We can't not go to a psalm that we all love and know well. Come with me to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He's the good shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One final scripture. I couldn't not put it in. It's just so encouraging. It's 1 Peter 5, 8 to 11 from the message translation. Keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only one plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on the faith. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God, who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. My conclusion. I can hear you cheering. We've looked at attitude, altitude, anxiety and arrangements that lead to rest. But one final little word. Our text today, listen to it again. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus is giving it. He's handing it to us. But you know what we have to do? We have to take it, receive it, and make it our own. My advice, do just that. Let's all take it, live in it, enjoy it, rest in it. Enter into God's rest. And so we say again, amen. What does it mean? Let it agree. I agree. Let it be. Every blessing. Dave, uh, for the way that you've led us and the way that you have encouraged us. Um, 
really felt last week that the word was a word in season and hence uh, the desire to want to have part two straight away. And uh, I've been blessed uh, by his words uh, and really the un- unpacking of uh, the message of Jesus to us. And I trust that you've been blessed too. Uh, I uh, mentioned the ability to be able to share with one another and for other people to participate this morning. I've just got a couple of uh, words, a couple of uh, scriptures just to share with you and to continue to encourage you uh, from Sarah Grogan. Hi, Sarah. How are you going? Uh, it's wonderful that you're tuning in. She says uh, that she felt that when we were singing the last song, she was thinking about the unity of the Spirit. We are all separated at the moment, but in singing these songs, we all have the same Spirit within us, uniting us and bringing us together. Isn't that an amazing thing? Uh, and then uh, in a similar vein from from her mum, Willie Stewart, Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. And then she's got in brackets, even online. Um, but I just want to particularly share this uh, next message with you. It comes from Ali Langmaid, who's on our leadership team. Um, and may this be a reflection and an intro into the song that we're about to sing. Uh, and it be an encouragement for you as you take on uh, the word that's been spoken this morning and as you go out and, and live this, this week. Uh, she says that there's a thought that the Lord laid on her heart while Dave was sharing today. Thank you, David, for such an encouraging message. I thought the link with the Potter's hymn about resting and leaning in the everlasting arms was so beautiful. It reminds me of Psalm 131. My heart is not proud, Lord, or my eyes haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quietened myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I'm content. And she says, I love the image of a content baby resting in its mother's arms. Content because it knows it's loved, knows who it belongs to, and has no cares about the everyday detail, and it's, it's already taken care of. And this is the same rest that Jesus offers us to when we let go and allow him to father us, us in the same way. Thank you so much for that uh, word, and I believe that that's a word um, for all of us uh, as we go on and as we take on Uh, the encouragement to find rest in God alone. Thanks, Kathy. Let's sing together this song still, which speaks of rest.
we all experience this week uh, as we go forth from this time. Uh, that we take the word that you've been spoken, speaking to us, uh, that's been planted in our hearts, and that we'd live out of that. Lord, that we wouldn't be striving and, and, and trying to make our way to you, but we'd just rest knowing that you've come to us, that we have rest in the everlasting arms of the Father. Lord, that we don't need to worry. Uh, we don't need to be anxious. We know that you watch over us, that we find peace and rest in you. Pray that as a blessing uh, over those watching right now. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you once again for tuning in. Um, just wanted to... Um, ooh, hang on a minute. From Jack. I got it. Hi, Jack. From Jackson. An amazing service. It really touched my heart. Bless you, brother. Um, I just wanted to read to you uh, from a psalm that that David mentioned. It was the the Pilgrim's Psalm. And may it be a blessing to you as you go from this uh, day. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you and is your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. May you know the blessing of that Lord that watches over your life now and forever. Amen. Bless you all and we'll catch you next week.